And welcome into episode number 27 of the Stick to Hockey podcast. It's about a year now that uh, I've been doing the podcast and sitting alongside Russ Cohen today once again uh, doing the Stick to Hockey podcast. This is a fun episode to do because it's the pre-draft episode of the podcast. Yeah, it's my favorite time of the year. Yeah, and you prepare for this all year I do. Long. I mean, I could show you. The listeners can't see it, but I've got color-coded sheets. Yep. I've got, like, sample line sheets from tournaments I've been at. Like, I bring all this with me. I don't bring everything because I have, like, a stack of, like, yeah. 50 sheets. We couldn't fit that in the studio. Right, but this is condensed down. And the reason why I have it on paper is because at the draft with about uh, 500 media members, the Wi-Fi will go down. Yeah. And when the Wi-Fi goes down, I have a lot of it up in my head, right? But yeah. there's some things you want to hit on. Yeah. I make sure I've got the old-fashioned paper with me. And you want to refer to that stuff. Yes. So there's a ton to get into today. Follow Russ on Twitter, at Sportsology. Uh, follow the Stick to Hockey podcast, at Stick to Hockey pod. Uh, you can send us an email at sticktohockeybiz at gmail.com. Also, uh, follow me personally, at Jason Mert, J-A-S-O-N-M-Y-R-T. Let's get into some headlines before we get into the draft stuff. Draft is coming up, of course, Friday. But there's a lot going on in the NHL right now. Wake up this morning to find out that Mike Hoffman has been flipped to San Jose. That news came out about 8 o'clock this morning. He has since been flipped again now to Florida. He's a Florida Panther. A lot of moving parts to this deal. Um, A lot of uh, assets coming back and forth. The Sharks really seem to make out on this deal because they send Bodker now to Ottawa. Right. Get out from under that contract. Right. Uh, but when you see Hoffman had to be traded because of the whole situation that's going down with his girl or fiance yeah. and Eric Carlson's wife and that whole and we don't really even know situation. like what really is happening yet with that yeah. nothing's concrete but yeah they had to get out from under uh, San Jose wanted to get out from under Bakker was legit horrible for them and I think his really trending down as a player and so. <sighs> Again, San Jose makes out great here. They get a lot of draft picks. Doug Wilson did a fantastic job. He clears cap space in case he wants mm-hmm. to go for John Tavares or John Carlson. And or bring back Joe Thornton, to at a reduced rate. Mm-hmm. And so he's cleared cap space for that. Dale Talon's the big winner here. Let's talk about this because yeah. this was reminiscent of the Mark Strike deal. He gets a guy in conference where, again, Ottawa doesn't want to trade him in conference, but now we're like the NBA because of the cap and everything else. So GMs don't really care about that much anymore. They basically will make any deal they can make. And he ends up in conference. He will be a second liner for Florida. And really, they gave up like a fifth and a sixth and a second next year. Like, this is a steal. For the Florida it's Panthers. It's a good hockey trade. Oh, it's not only a good hockey yeah. trade, it's a great hockey trade. Because Mike Hoffman can play. Regardless, forgetting about anything off ice, when this guy's on the ice, he could play. And he's yeah. a really good player. And he's fast. This is great for Florida. Like this, Florida now doesn't have to go deep in free agency. Yes, they have to pay Hoffman's contract, but it's a known cost. Yeah, and it's that's, a known commodity. Yeah, and that's a, that's a smart move. And, and no team was... Uh suffered more than the Florida Panthers when it came to the expansion draft, as we know from even looking at Gerard Gallant. You look at the such a place, players that they gave up in March or so, and Riley Smith, their yep. team now that gets an offensive player back, good for them. Now let me ask you this, because Eric Carlson's another part of this. Can he stay in Ottawa? It is a huge mess right there. We're still waiting to hear from Eugene Melnick on this whole situation. He hasn't spoken about it, that it's being investigated, or we're going to wait to hear all the evidence and make decisions based on that. But all things considered with Carlson's tenure there in Ottawa, and we know he's one of the best, most elite players in the game, can he even stay there beyond this, even with Hoffman now gone? Yeah, I think there's a 10 to 20% chance he could stay because I think the Hoffman air needed to clear, and I think once that happened, I now think that Ottawa will have serious discussions with Carlson. And and, reassess. and, And see, hey, 
do you want to stay here? This is our offer. I'm sure they already know what it is. They'll they'll tell him what the offer is, and if they get a hint that he's not going to sign or he hems and haws, he'll be traded at the draft. Yeah. So, But I think there's a chance he stays now. This could have been like a big stumbling block. I know he wants to stay there, but... Why would he want to stay there from a he hockey likes standpoint? The, his, well, forget the hockey standpoint. This is like a family standpoint. His wife likes it there. They're comfortable in that city. Apparently, he really likes the city. So it's less of a hockey standpoint, more of a lifestyle standpoint, which mm-hmm. now I, I, I know you're probably hemming and hawing, but you know more and more we do hear about this in yeah. the sport. It's one of those things. Yeah, and it's one of the things, too, that I, I don't get because I don't see how under this ownership that situation is going to get cleaned up there. Um, I mean, True, they, but, they but ask, Mrs., ask Mrs. Pronger, uh, yeah. you know, how things went when uh, her husband got traded. Like, that was the reason, you know, why he didn't stay in Edmonton. That yeah. was a big reason. And it was, you know, we, we found that out later. So Happy wife, happy life. Yeah, so you <laughs> sometimes have to work these things out. So I, I think there's a small chance. I Look, in, in the grand lexicon of the sports landscape, this story goes away the minute they figure it out. It's not, you know, it, it's not as it's not going to be as long lasting as the Colangelo situation was yeah. here in Philly. It'll be shorter lasting than that. And so I do think it's possible that he could still play there, but it's unlikely. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he gets moved this week at the draft and somebody's going to pay a hefty price to get the services of Eric Carlson. Um, let me ask you this. The Barry Trotz news comes down yesterday. Uh, I kind of thought that this was going to happen because when uh, they got to the Stanley Cup final. Or even well, after we they talked beat about this happening yeah. on the last on the last episode. Yeah, and I think we even tipped it. I think what's going to happen next because yes. I think that um, it, Barry Trotz just won the Stanley Cup, and Stanley Cup pedigree coaches that win get paid more money. And we come to find out about this extension that kicked into his contract, and it, it was really a slap in the face, monetary. I mean, you know, we, I don't know what the number was. I heard it was just slightly higher. More. Oh, yeah, that's a joke. That's like pennies. Yeah, and and look, I don't think this was just a money decision. I and like you, I think this is a control decision. Yes, where he wants to be have his hands in the. Uh, player personnel areas of the organization, yeah. and that wasn't going to happen there. No, and, and let's if we're going to be real about this, if ownership wanted to, if McClellan wanted to, they all they all they have to do is Ted Leonsis all he has to do is rip up that contract that had the extension and, and and throw up a new one. They didn't do that. Nobody talked about that because they knew it wasn't possible. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it wasn't going to work out. We talked about it. I, I think. Well, the half it seems like half the hockey population thinks he's going to the island. You know, Lou, I don't think so. I don't think he will because yeah. you know Lou will situation. run everything. Ru- yep. Lou will run everything with an iron fist. I think he would rather work with uh, Fenton over in in Minnesota. And I think yeah. Craig Leopold, he's the owner. He was the previous owner of Nashville when Trotz was there. Like I think there's a good working relationship with those three. Do I think Seattle will talk to Trotz? I do. Yep. And, and I think Tippett will contact them and see because I don't know what kind of relationship those guys Tippett's have. Tippett's going to be the GM in Seattle. He's it, not it there seems to be the that coach. way. It yeah. seems that way. That seems and so. Oh, and look, and he had sort of like a dual role, if you remember, for a little while mm-hmm. in Arizona. So it, it does seem that way. Is it impossible that Tippett coaches for a year or two? It's not impossible. We mm-hmm. don't fully know yet. But I do think Tippett will talk to Trotz because this could be a situation where Trotz, you know, can take a year or two off, and but sort of still work and still walk get up, paid, go around. Get paid have the grind. Yes, get paid and, and check out players and see who your future roster is going to be like Vegas did. But end of the day, I think... I think Minnesota is a better situation. If that happens, do I think Bruce Boudreaux goes to the island? I do. Yeah, that's and I think positive. and I think Lou is waiting around for the best available guy. I yeah. do. And otherwise, he could have hired Sheldon Keefe. He could have hired mm-hmm. a lot of other lesser known guys. But I just think Lou has been waiting. And 
again, I, I people think like Lou has this magic wand. He do, he doesn't. Like growing up on Long Island, seeing what's happened in the last uh, twenty years, nobody has a magic wand for Long Island. Yeah, and and that and partially because the state gets in the way from a lot of things happening, and then the team, and then the ownership, which has never been great. And so when you take all those things into account, Lou has a very hard job here, harder, a lot harder than, than Toronto. Yep. I really think when he went to Toronto, like things were in place already. He was an advisor. Mm-hmm. Sure. Did he help with contracts and other things? Absolutely. And did he help Brendan Shanahan find his way? Absolutely. But now he's back to being the guy and somehow he has to keep Garth Snow in the loop a little bit, right? Or, or at least get him to do something. This is a much difficult, much more difficult task. Finding a goalie for the Islanders now in this market is a lot harder, I think, than it was for the Leafs to find one when they found Freddie Anderson. So, yeah. you know, you have that. Tavares potentially leaving is massive. And then you have to have plan A and plan B. And they don't have, if you look at contracts, they don't have a lot of locked up contracts. So mm-hmm. they have to pick up free agents, sign RFAs. It's a little bit more – and look, and Toronto had some of that. I think it's a little bit more involved than Toronto was. Yeah, it's not an attractive place for Barry Trotz to go. No. You can have the pick of the litter right now. And I think you're right. The Leopold-Paul Fenton connection in Minnesota with Nashville, when David Poyle decided not to step down and Fenton left, there's your heir apparent coach. Yeah. He's going to end up there. The working relationship amongst ownership, front office, and coach – is linear and very defined roles for a team right now in Minnesota, too. I mean, they got some tough contracts that they're dealing with. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, so we go back to the Bill Parcells analogy where, you know, the, you're a big-time coach and you want to be able to shop for the groceries. He did that with the Jets. And yep. as a Jets fan, I kind of wish Parcells never went there because he didn't get the job done and he sort of bailed out the last year. But anyhow, yeah. I forget my Jet fandom and I move on. Uh, with this situation, Fenton can really dig into the – you know, GMing part of this with cap, cap management, yeah. cap management, you know, player risk assessment, trades, and let and let Trotz sort of tell him these are the kinds of guys I want, and let him give him a list. That makes his job a lot easier mm-hmm. as a as a first year GM, even though he's been in the system forever, and that sort of helps him with that. And then I think Craig Leopold really, you know feels a lot better about things, too, because he's got a lot of things in place, mm-hmm. but the finances do have to sort of get squared away for them to be a you know a better contender. Yeah, to take that next step. When you look yes. at the contracts of Parise, he's constantly hurt now, and yeah. he's got the back issues. And then you look at Suter. Yeah. Uh, Dubnik's getting up there in years. You know, it's not Yeah, but Dubnik's not, not too bad. I don't think they're worried about A lot of wear and tear on but, but But Parise is certainly, like, he's... They've got to get some more years out of him or trade him. Does Parisi goes to the, go to the you know to the island? Maybe I watched. Yeah, are you going to get what you got out of Eric Stahl again? Yeah. You know, I mean, these I mean, are all I, things. I watched JP Parisi beat the Rangers a few times <laughs> uh, in some big games. So I mean, no, Zach Parisi could he go back to Lou on the island? Maybe. Yeah. Um, this period now before the draft and and through the draft weekend, do you expect it to be very active uh, via players yes. flying all over the league? Yeah, I think there's going to be. Three, four trades, player for player deals, or picks involved as well. There's always picks involved at, mm-hmm. at the draft, and so I think there'll be picks involved as well. But I do expect a good amount and and some fairly big names because we see the landscape is sort of like shifting in the sense that some teams, because of the cap, they're trying to look at who guys will I have to lock up. If yeah. I have to lock up these guys, how could I keep this guy? If I can't keep this guy, if I trade him with a year left on his deal, he's a lot more attractive than if I don't trade him with a year on his deal. And so I think those kinds of guys are going to be circulating. And you talked about one of them today. And so I'm going to bring up Wayne Simmons because 
Here's the thing. I would re-sign Wade Simmons, and I'll tell you why. When you look at the way Wayne Simmons plays, he does get a little beat up, right? But mm-hmm. but he's already a veteran. He's already used to it. He's already a guy that has been playing that game and continue. I think he could still play that game for four more years at least. If you sign him for five and you don't get a good fifth out of him, so be it. Yeah. Do you really want to have Nolan Patrick play that game? Because that's not really his game. I understand they put him in that position and he succeeded, but that's only because that was the only job that he could do at the time mm-hmm. that they had available. But do you want that to happen? Because he's better in open space. You've seen Nolan Patrick well, yeah. with the vision and everything else. He has some gifts that Wayne Simmons doesn't have. But if you put him in that crease and let him get beat on like that, it's not going to be as long and great a career as you would like. Yeah. Well, the thing is, too, is when you look at that, that that's on a power play where you'd use Nolan Patrick in that way. And ideally, you wouldn't. You'd put him on the half wall to run a power play right. with his vision and his ability. Look to at Thomas Vanek with Buffalo. He yeah. got beat up there yeah. as a young guy. It's a hard minutes. They're hard minutes, yeah. and you get hit with shots, yeah. and guys are hitting you in the back. And so I would rather, and, and I know this sounds sort of mean, but this this is what Simmons is used to. I would rather let Wayne Simmons take that punishment, give him that contract, and save my premier guy for being a premier guy and getting a longer career yeah, I, would out act- of him. I would actually move on from, from Simmons because because the, the money that I think he will command um, on the open market. If he was on the open market, he's going to command good money right now. I don't and think I don't he'll hit the open market, though. I think he'll yeah, give them he'll a little bit of a or, discount. Yeah. I do. I think he's been he, here a while. He has been here a while. He definitely likes it here, considering that he really got his big chance here, and Dean Lombardi gave him his big chance, and technically Dean Lombardi is still with the Flyers. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, there is something, there is some leverage there. Yeah. If you think about it, it's mental leverage, but but there is. Yeah, of course, he came from the Kings. Yes, in the Braden, with Braden Shen. Yes, Me- God, it seems like an eternity. A million ago years book. ago. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. To but think but about. I think there's a chance that he he does stay because of all those factors. One of the other trades that just happened this week is Galchenyuk gets sent from the Montreal Canadiens. He goes to uh, Arizona now. The Coyotes uh, send Max Domi. A win- I don't get this Montreal Canadiens team at all. Their biggest weakness for eight. 10 years now, has been the center position. Right. They trade for Jonathan Drouin last year and ma- try to make him a center when he's clearly a winger in this league. Right. He never got it last year. It never clicked. Uh, maybe it will at some point. Uh, but now you get Max Domi, a winger for Galchenyuk, who they devalued the hell out of last year, putting him on the fourth line uh, and not putting him in the middle. He goes to Arizona. Arizona looks like John Chaka and, and Arizona look like huge winners in this deal to me. For Max Domi, and perhaps he needed a change of scenery, but that's awfully early for a change of scenery for a young player like Max Domi. I think Chaika has done very well for himself here because he's going to try him. He's going to try Galchenyuk at center. Yeah, he has other good centers, and Christian Dvorak's you know coming up strong, and so we'll see. If if for some reason Galchenyuk fails at center, there he still has the higher skill player. I mean. I, I like Max Domi, right? But I remember in his draft year, I took a little bit of a beating because of my first, um, I, I think my first rankings, I had him like 32, 33. Mm-hmm. Had him out of the first round. People were like, whoa, are you watching him with London? He's scoring like crazy. I'm like, listen, give me time. Let me see more of him. Let yep. me see. And at the end, I ended up putting him somewhere in the 20s because I felt like he could play in the NHL. He had NHL yep. wheels. He was smart enough. Uh, you know, he he's he's a smaller guy, but he is fit and and he is strong, but he's not a high skill goal scorer. Yeah, and I think that's what's getting lost here. Like north of the border, I was hearing reports, you know, on the on on a couple of different shows that hey, he 
could be the better player because he's now going to get a chance and things are bad in Arizona. You know, I, I, I'm i not subscribing to that. I thought Domi was a 45, 50-point guy. I think that's what he's Ceiling. always... Yeah. yeah, and I think yep. that's what he's always going to be. And last year he had like 52 points or the year before he did. And he's always going to be in that range... Do I think he could score 25 goals? Because I heard people saying that they think he could do that. No, I don't think he could do that. He's 18 guy. And, and 18 you, to 20 yeah. ceiling. And, and the thing is, if you want him to score 25 goals, how much ice time are you devoting to him mm-hmm. to do that? Like, that's the thing. I mean, that's you, there it's should be a cutoff. It's hard to score goals in this league. It You've got to be really skilled. Yeah. It's not, it, look, scoring goals with the London Knights is one thing. Right. Scoring goals in the NHL is a whole different ballgame. There's a lot of guys that scored big numbers in juniors that get to the NHL and are not scorers. No, and, and so at the end of the day... Galchenyuk is the better goal scorer, mm-hmm. and I do think Galchenyuk, when things are right, can get to that sixty-five point. Well, the Canadians are have to win every game two to one or one to nothing. Carey Price, well, Carey is Price is sort of used to that. I mean, he is used to that. They'll yeah. do. They're going to pressure. They're going to add a, a free agent defenseman, right? They're mm-hmm. look. They're they're not in great shape, but this isn't the worst thing they've ever done. It's not, and. Actually, the worst thing they might ever do is sign Jack Johnson in free agency. But getting past yeah. that, this is not the worst thing they've ever done. It's just, yeah, they have a center shortage, but a lot of teams do. Yeah. Does, does Pacioretty get dealt? I think they're going to talk about it. But how do you deal another guy, a 30-goal scorer, when you need goals? And you, I know. Like, I know. It's, it's crazy. No, it is crazy. Like, what the hell is Mark Bergevin doing? A lot if I'm of in people, that market, I'm going bananas. Well, I think people would go bananas anyhow because yeah. it's that market. It's Montreal. And he's but, got five years left on his on his GM deal, by the way. Yeah. I think they're just going to see what's out there for Pacioretty. I don't think it's a it's a fait accompli that he gets dealt. Mm-hmm. So, Because they do like him there. The fans like him there. He likes it there. I, he just recently, what, last couple of years, learned how to speak French. It's yeah. a shame to put that to waste. <laughs> but, but the idea is I think he's probably going to stay. I do. I think it's overblown now. I think now that the Galchenyuk trade was made, I think there's less urgency to, to trade Pacioretty. I just think Bergevin needed to tr- make a trade to sort of, A, shake things up, get a different vibe going there, okay. get a different kind of player. He got a player that he, you know, he feels like he could elevate his game. Let's see what happens. Yeah, do something to do something. That's yeah. not always the best reason, but no. it seems to placate some fan bases. Well, Gatchanyuk needed a change from there. He yeah. did. No question about it. Well, we'll see how that plays out. All right, let's get into the draft, because here it is. It's coming up. It's right on the doorstep. The NHL entry draft coming up on Friday from Dallas. You'll be down on the floor yep. reporting, and uh, make sure you follow Russ at Sportsology. You'll have all the pertinent details as it happens. We know the number one overall pick. It's really simple. It's the Connor McDavid, if you will, of defense, Rasmus Dahlin. Um you know, Buffalo's made no bones about it. This is who they're taking. Oh, yeah, there's no, no mystery here. Yeah, it's nothing is going to be uh, surprise you in this situation. Uh, now, are we as convinced at number two that Carolina is going to do what, they, what everybody thinks they're going to do? I'm at 98%. Okay. I am because I, I felt like with Carolina, they put so much effort into telling us that Svechnikov was there on social media and showing pictures and everything else that mm-hmm. I felt like they were pre-marketing him. And so I, I think it's it's pretty much a guarantee unless they got like a stupid deal, which I don't think they're going to do. I think they're going to take the guy. I think they've already slotted him in their lineup. If you've listened to some of the interviews that have been done mm-hmm. with not with Brindamore, but with with Dundon, I think that um, yeah, it's, yeah he's, he's, he's going to be the pick. And... He's he. No, no, not no, no, Svechnikov. I'm Andrei Svechnikov. Sorry. I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and my bad. and I that's okay. And um, and I think that. 
they've already slotted where he's going to be, especially... He'd be like a second-line right winger, right? Yeah, I think that's what they'll do with him. And, and I think now we will definitely see Jeff Skinner traded at the draft. Like oh, I, very interesting. I, I think that's a definite. Okay, so that's one of the guys that's been talked about yes. a lot lately. And the market for him is really interesting. Because he's not, he's not old at any at this point. No, there's some reason... a really bad year last year. Yeah, I mean, what's a really bad year? I think he had 50-something points. Yeah, what was he, like a minus 28? Okay, but I mean... Yeah, I know, that's a team stat. But. You know, but... Like, I just interviewed somebody today, uh, Scott Perunovich, right? Mm-hmm. And and he's a guy that was passed over in the draft a few times. He's he's going to give it another go. He won a championship with Minnesota Duluth. He was on the uh, under-20 team for mm-hmm. the World Juniors, right? He was a minus 30-something in the USHL. He mentioned that to me. So clearly players don't like being in mm-hmm. the minus column, and he was in the plus column this year with Minnesota Duluth. So my basic point is, yeah, I'm sure it bothers him to some degree, but that team was just off the rails after a while. And when a team's yeah. off the rails, we have to sort of give a cut a guy a break on, on that. But end of the day, is he fast? Yes. Does he score goals? Yes. Is he a proven goal scorer? Yes. So somebody will want to trade for him. And as long as the asking price isn't ridiculous, you know, Don Waddell's the guy in charge now, but, but Dundon's back there probably approving or disproving everything that Waddell wants to do. So it could be hard for them. We're going to see just how good this Carolina situation is going to be as far as effectiveness making trades because if Dundon sort of gets in the way of Don Waddell a little bit, some of these you know guys that should be traded like Skinner and maybe Justin Falk may not happen just simply yeah. because you know the works get clogged up. And one of the issues with Ron Francis as GM was that he just didn't make any moves. Right. He's a, a I mean, except, except for Scott Darling, and you know, yeah, so that, far that hasn't worked out. Yeah, you you might have been a better goalie. Yeah, well, let's not get carried away. Uh, his story is pretty remarkable. Mine would be more remarkable. <laughs> it <wouldn't> <laughs> yours <happen>. yours <laughs> would be incredible, actually. And, and, and there's some talk that he could end up back in Chicago. There is talk. I don't believe it. Cause too I much of a nut to it, carry, isn't yeah, it, for a backup I, goalie? I, unless they were going to trade Crawford in the deal and lose some salary. Yeah, I can't see that. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I can't see Bowman taking a chance and riding Darling as your number one no. after the year he just had. I know. No way. It would shock me. Um, the Ottawa Senators have the fourth pick right now. Uh, do they do they end up flipping that pick? If they can't sign Carlson and they know that. Well, they don't have to have the fourth pick. Like That's part of the debate. Colorado. You can, but I do believe they're still going to make that pick. Because okay, because next year could, they could end up with a number one overall pick. They could, but next year you could win the lottery too. Yeah. I don't know if you feel lucky or not. Yeah, I mean, but well, look, at if you don't have Carlson, you obviously don't have Hoffman now. They're a team that's going to be a completely and in you a know I, you knew I meant the Pennsylvania lottery. Yeah, right? yeah. okay, yeah. all right, but 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 so, so here's the thing: I think Ottawa has their sights set on Philip Zadina. Okay, again, I don't know how many players they flew in, but they did make it a point to say they flew him in. And well, actually, I don't know if they made it a point. Zadina made it a point to tell us at the combine. Okay. And so that was some, you know, a little bit of information. So he came in for like a private workout. Yes. Okay. A little information we picked up probably toward the city. It's a nice city. It's a great city, actually. Uh, actually, the beaver tails are real good there. But anyhow, getting back to um, to Zadina, I mean, this is a, a tremendously talented offensive player. Now, out in the mock world, and I do call it the mock world because I try not to do mock drafts. I do rankings. There's craziness being talked about with Zadina. Oh, he's dropping, whatever. He may be, but... I don't see why he would, mm-hmm. because I could put him right in the NHL, and I think he's going to score goals right away. Yeah, he could be. He could play on a third line right away. Yeah, and I think Ottawa should do that. Mm-hmm. Will they do that? I don't know, because right yeah. now we don't know a lot about what Ottawa's doing. Yeah. But I do think that's what they should do. And because here's the thing: if I take that player, 
and I put him right in the lineup like I think he can do, or even if it, uh, in camp I realize, hey, he's got one more year to go. Yep. Well, then next year I got a player I can put right in. Yep. Even if Jack Hughes is the number one overall pick like I think he's going to be, is it a guarantee he's playing in the league next year? I don't know. Yeah. So that's this guy's already got a year into it, and they may get two seasons out of him by the time they you know go to pick for Jack Hughes. Like That might be his second season where Hughes would be his first. So he's a season ahead, right? So at the end of the day, I think that's what Ottawa should do is get Zadina. All right. Sticking with the Hughes name, uh, Quinn Hughes, where do you have him going? How well, high do you have him ranked up? I mean, Quinn Hughes, I've got ranked seventh. I've got him behind Dobson. Dobson, after Rasmus Dahlin, who's in his own yeah, little universe, category, yeah. I've got Noah Dobson as the next highest simply because I think he, him and Quinn Hughes play the game differently but get the same result. They both get great offense Dobson gets it with like this constant offensive pressure, always chipping the puck in, bringing the puck in, shooting the puck in, bringing it in himself and shooting it. Hughes opens up more ice and he does things more dynamically. Where Dobson is just doing he can it, create more. Yeah, by Hughes. Himself. Yes, yeah. and 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 but the but Dobson's also six three, and and right now he is. Uh, 179 pounds, and I think he could put on like literally 15 pounds of muscle. Mm-hmm. He already held off in a big game, Matthew Strom in the crease. And Matthew Strom's a big guy. So I felt like if he could add 15 pounds of muscle, this guy could even be just a little more dynamic than Quinn Hughes all around. So that's why I have him higher. But Quinn Hughes opens things up, man. He's got vision and speed that I don't even know if people can appreciate his speed until they see him next to other NHLers. I think that will be an eye-opener. Yes, he played for Michigan, and you could see how fast he was there. But I think when you see him yeah. playing with better players, I think that's also going to be a big boost. So, well, What's his plan to play next year? It's a good question because— Depending on where he's drafted. I think it depends on where he's drafted and what's his brother going to do. Yeah. Because the youngest of the Hughes brothers has already committed to Michigan. Yeah. Quinn played in Michigan last year. Where's Jack going to play? Yeah. So like this is part of the brother. equation. So yeah. you might have, you know, so I think that all plays into this. So right now I can't give you a real answer. I think if things were to break right, could Vancouver get him at seven? Yeah, they might be able to. Mm-hmm. It depends how preoccupied. Look, Montreal could blow up the draft, right? Yeah. With that third pick, if they take Yasperi Kokanami, who I think is a terrific centerman i he and he's not a centerman for life like he only changed over i think a few years ago but he's terrific and yeah. and he's got good size and he could bull rush you he could beat you with his shot he can go around you so i think he's a pretty good like 50 50 in the playmaking department and shooting goals but would i pick him third probably not but again i default back to the columbus blue jackets a lot of people bitched about pierre luc dubois being yep. picked where he was and I was always a big supporter of Dubois, and I said, you yeah, know ahead what? Yeah, of Jesse Pujarvi. Yeah, and I said, you know what? I think he could play center, and he did, and it's worked out. So if the Canadians decide we need a center and everything else be damned, then if Coke Kanami gets picked there, it is going to change what's, what's happening to the next few guys, Zadina, Quinn Hughes, yeah, Dobson. Slots everything slots differently. Mm-hmm. And so I think there would be a chance for Vancouver to get a Quinn Hughes. Uh, who's picking sixth? Sixth is uh, Detroit. Detroit. Detroit would take Quinn Hughes in a in a heartbeat because mm-hmm. if you think about it, Plymouth, Michigan, the NTDP, yep. he's played there sense. forever. Like, mm-hmm. that is a lock. Like, yeah. if he's there, Detroit takes him. Yeah. But for some reason, if Detroit doesn't take him, they trade the pick, something weird happens, then then maybe someone like Vancouver would have a shot at him. But I do expect Detroit to be the team that gets him. What, what about uh, Brady Kachuk? Brady Kachuk, like, I Where's have him... his stock right now? Okay, so I have him ranked second. Wow, okay. 
and I'll tell you why. It's not because of the last name. It is literally because when he started playing in the USA program, he told everybody at the combine he was like five foot nine. Uh huh. He is now six foot three. Wow. Six foot two. So in the last couple of years, he has elongated his body. He's only at 194 pounds now. And if you see the other Kachuks, you know he is going to fill out. Oh, right? yeah. That is a, Dad's still filling out. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a guarantee. So He's going to play at 210. Yes. 215. Yeah. And, and so he is a guy that can go in there and blow up a play with physical force. He's a guy that can finesse his way around people. He has a great shot. He is just – every shift is good. Like, he is a guy that is a max effort – Top speed guy. I love his stick handling and his vision. I think his vision probably doesn't get talked about enough. Now, I heard Montreal likes him. Mm-hmm. If Montreal took Brady Kachuk, I think that's a terrific pick. If they do that, that, that will shake up the uh, apple bin again yeah. a little bit more. But I think there's a chance he goes to Montreal. Uh, who do we have at the fourth pick? Because I haven't had these picks memorized yet. Ottawa. I'll have them in front of me. Or Colorado. Depending if Ottawa flips right, it. so Ottawa would Ottawa take Brady Kachuk if he and Zadina were on the board? I think they would. Okay, so but I don't know if Ottawa thinks he'll be there. And if Ottawa flips it to Colorado, does Colorado take Brady Kachuk? Yes. Yep. So yeah, I don't even that think makes sense. I don't even think they think about it. Yeah, like I think that's I think that's a pick that gets made regardless. Mm-hmm. That's and again that option's there because of the Duchesne trade. Yes, from Colorado, and so I think that's. That's pretty much what we're talking about with, with Kachuk. I don't expect him to go any further down, and we don't know where he's going to play next year. We don't. We don't know if he's returning to BU. David Quinn's a Ranger now, so not sure. Will he start in the AHL? Will he start in the NHL? He might be an AHL start. You know, okay. That may be the way to go with him. Give me a couple guys. you got a team like the Flyers. The Flyers have a couple of picks in the first round. Okay, so I had this list. Okay. I'm going to give you something here because, right. you know, Ron Hextall had this press conference, who, by the way, the Flyers never invite me to because I'm not a beat writer. But it's okay because I— You should just show up. No, I could show up if I ever found out about him. Oh, he's on the mailing list. No, no, but it's okay. <laughs> End of the day, it's fine because I only believe about a quarter of what Ron says in a press conference pre-draft. Well, diversion, yeah. Yeah. But he did say he'd like to have a right-handed shot defenseman. Yep. And I think, yeah, a lot of teams would, so I think— the Flyers would, too. I'm going to give you a list of right-handed shot defensemen. I actually came up with a list. Okay. Most of them are gettable. One or two of them may not be, but we've got Adam Boquist. Mm-hmm. Now, Evan Bouchard may not be gettable. Ryan Merkley, Bodie Wild, Jet Wu, Kalen Addison, Axel Anderson, Ty Emerson, Philip Johansson, Christian Krieger, Jacob Bernard Docker. Now... It's a good list, and there are guys there that will go in the first round. There's guys that will go in the second. There's mm-hmm. guys that will go in the third. There's guys that will go later, and that's my basic point here is he maybe led you down that path to we're going to get a right-handed defenseman. Still doesn't mean he's taking that with a first-round pick because yeah, it wouldn't make, you, you a can't lot of reach on a right-handed defenseman no, and limit yourself. Correct, and and so and and a lot of times we see the right-handed shot on the power play as a defenseman is not necessarily their best guy. Anyhow, mm-hmm. he's there because he's the right-handed shot. Yep, and he's just he's good at it, but he's not their main two or three guys. Yeah. So I think that's a path that's sort of like some beat guys bit at, for yeah. lack of a okay. better word. All right, uh, other guys. And maybe he takes care of the right-handed defenseman in free agency and gets uh, John Carlson. He, he, I think they're going to talk to John Carlson. Yeah. I do. I just, you know, if he gets to that, which it might get to that. Uh, I think Keandre Miller is a guy that you could see him uh, going for. He, I know some people have written about Bodie Wild, and it's interesting because here's the thing. I'm going to show you. This is a chart from the NTDP. You see the number three is Keandre Miller. You see the number four is Bodie Wild. Yeah. To me, if the Flyers are now deciding – both those guys are on the board, and they want a great defenseman. 
they're probably going to take the guy the NTDP with went with three because he is a little more dynamic than Wild. Wild's a heck of a player, and he's not the both out of the NCAA. He, yes, yeah. and he's not the uh, failed hockey IQ guy that some fans think he is because maybe they saw a bad game or two. Mm-hmm. I've seen some tremendous games out of him, him leading his team back to victory. But so anyhow, Wild would still be a very good pick even with the second one. But Keandre Miller would be the first one for me. He's he's already got the size, the speed. He is a converted defenseman. He's I think he's played defense for two or three years. But this guy, you know, if you stand next to him, he is a massive guy. Like at this point, he was what? He was listed at six three. Six three two eight. He he's gonna play at like two thirty. Yeah. So he could be a buff- And he can move. And he can move. He's yeah. very fast. He's great at puck retrieval. He could be a Bufflin in the making. He, he's, I think he's mm-hmm. going to be better than Darno Nurse. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure Donovan Mc- heavy shot. Yeah, I'm sure Donovan McNabb's not going to be happy. He yeah. does have a, a very good shot. So Keandre Miller is a guy that I'm looking at who the Flyers could really be a better version of what they probably were hoping Sam Moran could be. And, and by the way, Miller's uh, his one timer is very accurate, but also he's another guy even with the size. Gets back quickly, like the backward skating. Now mm-hmm. I always focus on that because it's a yep. big deal. He's and gap really, control, yeah, and yep. gap control. He's good at all those things. So I think that's another guy. Look, I think Barrett Hayton, if he were there at fourteen, they would take him, and then they would look for Miller or Wild or one of those defensemen at the at the next pick. What is it, fourteen and then nineteen, right? Uh, yeah, and they can also obviously move up or down in the draft. They, they could they control I, a lot in the first round. Every team wants picks. to move up into the top ten. This isn't like Sean Couturier's draft where it's going to be. I don't want to say it was easy to do it then because they, they give up some good assets, but I think it's going to be harder in this one to do it. So I think the Flyers should just stand pat and take their picks. Yep. Uh, Hayton's getting a lot of press now though, lately because the Sioux, right? There's a, there's a lot of people that love the Sioux Greyhounds, and he had a great run with them. Mm-hmm. He He's a very good, greasy he can score goals. He can play make. He plays a 200-foot game. He reminds me a little of Bo Horvat. He's that kind of guy. He'd be a great pick for the Flyers, but because of the lack of centermen, he may be gone by that point. He may even be a top-ten pick at that point. I don't project him that way, and I don't even project him as a top-liner. I think he's more of a third-liner, and I think Koko Kiemi is a, is a first or a second, most likely a second. But I think if the Flyers are looking to uh, to get him, they would probably have to trade up to get him. So okay. that's another guy. But But here's a guy who's hanging in the weeds. And See, I love these guys, the guys that are hanging in the weeds out there, not, not yeah, getting this, all the fanfare. No, uh, this guy played for Sweden in the uh, in the Five Nations, Philip Hallander. He played a little bit on the top line. He he didn't get that much press. Like, Jacob Olofsson got a lot more press, and, of course, Boquist and and other players there. Uh, but he he's a guy that has a little bit of size. He's like 6'1", 185. He's smart. He's already been playing overseas. He has a great sneaky shot. I've seen him score around the crease. I've seen him look excellent with the one-timer on the power play. Of course, overseas, he looks amazing on open ice, right? But, oh, yeah. But, again, Plymouth is a is an American rink, so I was watching him in closer quarters, and I thought he did really well there. Is it possible that they go with the 19th pick there, even though people have pro- him projected further, like Morgan Frost? Like, I had Morgan Frost... I want to say I probably had him around 32, 33, something like that. But some people didn't know Morgan Frost, right? So, you know, you saw a lot of mocks last year, and they probably had him in, like, the 40s or 50s. And then everybody's like, oh, my God, the Flyers, why would they trade up to get him? You know, he Then you look at the year he just had. Right. And then you don't wonder anymore. Hallander spoke to the Flyers, and, again, I don't put a million – I don't put too much stock into when a player speaks to him. But he did have very favorable things to say about the Flyers. Not every team in the league spoke to him, but 28 did. 
So yeah. clearly, somebody's you know, looking at him. They're looking at him, and yeah. so end of the day, I think he is a guy that they could go for because if Hayton's gone, Kokunami's gone, and they look at you know, they, if you really do look at the Flyers, Giroux's no longer a center. They do kind of need another sentiment because yeah. Frost, I don't know if we'll play center at the NHL either. Yeah, now, you know, you want to be big up the middle. Yeah. He's not that. Right. And so at the end of the day, he could be the really good guy to get with that other pick. And then I think they have three in the top 60, right? Yeah. So Top 50, I believe. Yeah. Top 50. Yeah. So another guy that they could look at is Niels Lundqvist. It's not Lundqvist like the Rangers. It's okay. spelled differently. It's, and he was a guy that... When we were out sort of looking and scouting this game, a lot of us made a mistake thinking he was Adam Boquist. Adam Boquist is 5'11", 170. Lundquist is 5'11", 174. Similar body. So similar bodies, three, a seven. If your vision's not great, mm-hmm. you know, a, we, we all made the mistake and said, hey, Boquist looks well, great. Born a couple weeks apart, too. Yeah. <laughs> Boquist looks great, except now we realized, oh, that was Lundquist. It wasn't yeah. Boquist. So, <laughs> so he's gotten a lot of late push based on this tournament and a few others. Okay. And, so if he were there for the Flyers at that pick, and let's say the Flyers split their picks and went D-man and a forward, this would be a good time to get another D-man because this is a very defensive, rich draft, yep. and this is a guy you could get that could be a second-pairing defenseman down the line. He's not dynamic, but he's really good, and he does have offense in his game. So at the end of the day, you know what? That could be a heck of a pickup for him, too. How many of the guys in the first round of this draft play in the NHL next year? Is it two, maybe three? I'm I'm going to go with three. So Darlene, absolutely. Darlene's a lock. Yep, that's a lock. Uh, Spetsnikov is a lock. Kachuk I'm not sure about. Zadina I'm pretty sure about, but not 100%. And... And so, and there could be another one or two. Like Evan Bouchard has a pro body, and and some team might want to throw him right in there, even though he's defenseman. We saw Mark Andre Vlas- Mark Edward Vlasic play at eighteen. It mm-hmm. is possible. So I'm going to say three to four, depending where they end up. Depending too. on where they end up is huge because, yeah. like, if you end up on a team like I don't know, let's just say the Flyers, they don't rush anybody. If you yeah. end up on the Islanders, Lou doesn't rush anybody. Yeah. If you end up on the Red Wings, they rarely rush anybody. Yeah. So it does depend a lot on the team. Yeah, and, and their fil- now, philosophy. Now, all that said, if Quinn Hughes goes to the Red Wings, they might rush it because they don't have anybody to run their power play. They are considering and considering you know signing Mike Green to an additional two-year deal. Yeah. Just to sort of maybe not rush the next guy they yeah. get, and they and they also have some guys in their system that aren't you know Dennis Shalowski, he's not quite ready yet. Mm-hmm. So then they probably wouldn't rush Hughes. Then they probably would say, you know what, Sit wait back, another marinade yeah, career because yep. we got Mike Green. If they don't have Mike Green, it could change things. One thing we didn't talk about, John Tavares. We're getting down to the nitty gritty here. We know that Lou is now um, negotiating per se with Pat Brisson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tavares' agent. Uh, what's your feeling how this plays out? Does well, Tavares stay on the island or does he leave? And, okay, so uh, I, I mean, it's about a coin flip. Yeah, so I, I, I do a video show during the day, and, and so I was on this show and I kind of made everybody gasp because I said, Lou could literally end this tomorrow. And the way he could end this tomorrow is saying, hey, John, we're going to offer you the max contract. Yeah. Now, nobody has ever gotten the max contract. Which is what, like 18%, 18% of, of your cap. cap. Yep. Which we don't even know what the cap is yet. Correct. Anywhere between seventy-eight and eighty-two million. Right. Nobody's ever gotten that deal. However, if Lou said that to John, John would be on the phone with Pat Brisson in a second and Brisson, up. and and he might say, "Yeah, you know what? You got to do that because nobody else is going to even be in that ballpark." But Lou hasn't done that, and that's not Lou's way. But that's the only way I felt it would be a guarantee for Tavares mm-hmm. to say, "I'll ignore the window." 
I'll sign right now. Otherwise, he's going to look and see what's out there. What is 18% of $80 million I don't know. I it's, mean, is that, that's about $14 million. Yeah, this, I mean, 12, I am 13. not paying. I know John Tavares is a really well, good Well, luckily, player. you're not paying it anyhow. Yeah, I'm not paying it anyhow. I'm not writing the check. <laughs> um, but John Tavares, eight years at $14 million, is not worth it to me. I do not okay, make but that here's, deal. And, and, and everybody says that knee-jerk, and I yep. get what you're saying. However... In three years, that won't seem like a big deal. Because it won't be 18% in three years. Right. I get that. that. There's that. He is also the face of the franchise. Mm-hmm. They don't have... They haven't even broke ground on Belmont yet, right? Yeah. If they lose Tavares, does that sort of hurt the Belmont deal? It might, because they have another possible arena there. Yeah. So if they don't if they don't retain him, then who's the face of the see, franchise? Is it Matt the, Barzell? I mean, yeah. But, but the ben, only team I can see doing it would be the Isles, because he's incumbent there, if you will. He's been well, there. That's, right. he's but the that's pay. my point. If he hits the open market, I'm not paying him no, no, 12 or but, 14. But that's my, but that's my argument. Yeah. He is worth more to the Islanders than anybody, anybody else, else yep. because of all those other reasons. He is like their version of Mike Bossy for a lack yep. of, you know. Yeah, and this generation. The, yeah, like he's, he's, a cross, he's a cross <laughs> between Bossy and Trache. And, yep. and, and if they lose that guy, Barzell could very well be that guy. Yeah. But now you have to sell the fan base take. again. I know. And so. But anyhow, Lou's not going to do this deal. Lou is going to come up with a close offer day before the window, and I think Tavares is going to say— I think Lou will get to 11. I think he'll say, thank you for that offer, Lou. Like, if you were just Lou right now, I would say, thank you for that offer. I am going to exercise my right to sort of see what's out it's there. It's under consideration. It's under consideration, mm-hmm. and I will definitely get back to you. And what will happen is, at Brisson's office, CAA, which I think is in L.A., Yep. They're just going to trot teams through. I don't think... Video presentations, yeah, the whole thing's going to I'd be, be surprised that you might see John Tavares on TSM for a second walking into the building, but Tavares, I don't think, will be in any of these cities. Mm-hmm. It won't be a big deal. No, it's come to me. Teams, yeah, it's going to be uh-huh. come to me, and everybody... We already heard that the Leafs have a video presentation, yeah. but everybody does. Oh, I yeah. giggle about it because it's like they're going to pop in a DVD, and then... You yeah, know, like, that's going to sell a player. Or, well, or, the production or, value on this is really good. Yeah. Oh, they rolled in Tom Cruise for the Kings. Or they're going to pull up an IP address and have it on a server, and... Yeah. And so everybody's going to do that, although mm-hmm. I did make a joke, like, Buffalo, when Buffalo does theirs, they could give John a Tavares Buffalo Bandits jersey, right? Cause, <laughs> and that'll tug at the heartstrings a little bit because his yeah. uncle played there. And it's the same number. Yeah. It's the same number. It's yeah. like, come yeah. on, Tavares John. 91. Yeah, there come you on. go. Come yeah. on. Yeah. I, I don't think he ends up back with you. I think it's a coin flip, but I'm leaning towards he leaves. Where he goes, I don't think he ends up in Toronto. I don't think he ends up in Montreal. Why would you go to Montreal? Right. Um, he's going to get scrutinized. You sound like Vinny LeCavier now. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's going to get scrutinized. He won't be able to go to a meal and not be, you know, uh, harassed yeah. constantly in True. that city. And they're not built to win anytime soon. San Jose is the situation. perfect spot. It, it really, really is. is. He goes to San Jose. Boy, they are perhaps the favorite out of the Western Conference all of a sudden, just yeah. like that. I think they would be just like that. I, I also think a dark horse in this are the Dallas Stars uh-huh. because. Tyler Seggins a year from being signed or being cut or, you know, not cut, cut loose in a trade or just letting him play out his deal. What if they bring Tavares and really try and win it this year? Like if they have an opportunity yeah. and then Set the if stage. they don't, if they don't, then they say, all right, maybe, maybe we, we have to get rid of Sagan and mm-hmm. because we can't pay them both, but they take a shot at it for a year. They might do that. Like yeah. that's, you know, they have a new coach in Jim Montgomery. Yeah. I'm sure he would out love a John. Drinks. Yeah. I'm sure he would love a John Tavares <laughs> just to have him on. So I think, and, and Dallas could work this deal. Nishushkin's coming and, in and there Jim now. Jim Nils, the kind of guy that can get that kind of deal. Yeah. Done. Remember Nishushkin's coming yeah. back yeah. And, and that's a big six 
four kid who skates like the wind. Yeah, you know this could be a big thing for Dallas. So yeah. we have to keep an eye on that. Another one of the big chips that could fall this week. Uh, one last thing. I saw Elliot Friedman before the, uh, we ta- taping today. Uh, tweet out the following. There is word today that Artemi Panarin has told Columbus that he is not ready to consider an extension at this time. He's a UFA in July of 2019, which means coming up July 1st this year, he could mm-hmm. sign an extension. And he says, as a result, the Blue Jackets are testing the market for Panarin. We saw how dynamic he was in the playoffs for yes. Columbus and a big part of what they were able to do this year offensively. They clearly won the trade with Chicago and Brandon Saad. Boy, if he hits the market, there's going to be a lot of interested parties in that player as well. Well, he's definitely going to hit the market. I think that's why Chicago traded him, because they yeah. knew that he would eventually hit the market. Him. They yeah. knew they couldn't sign him. So if you think about it, if the Blackhawks couldn't sign him because he was keen on free agency, he is not signing with anybody. So whoever gets him in a deal, you better win it with him, because you're going to yeah. give up a lot of assets, a boatload of assets, and he's not signing with you. He'll negotiate with you. But, but yeah, he's going to hit the market, because he. this is his undrafted player. His chance to get paid and paid big. Plus, he's going to see Ilya Kovalchuk get money that he's not worth mm-hmm. and up that ante a lot. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, very interesting times. Uh, great episode, Russ. Episode 27 in the can. Everybody enjoy your uh, NHL draft week. and Best we'll time of the year, it. man. Yeah, it's awesome. So much is get, gets decided at this time of year. I know it's not that exciting to watch on TV, but just deal. actually listen to us on Sirius if you want. But have it on yeah. somewhere because at the end you of the day. You guys are stem the stern coverage this on is, NHL yes, Network Radio. This is, this is the future of your team. Whatever team you listen to, I know not only Flyers fans listen to this. It's your team. This is your future. In a cap world, these guys matter. Yeah, and it's not only that. It's also the teams you're competing with, too. Right. And how they do in the draft oh, is yeah. really going to help set the stage. Uh, we'll be back for a post-draft, and free agency is right oh, yeah. around the corner as well, which could be a wild time again and trades happening. So could be. a lot going on before the league kind of goes dark in August. So uh, follow Russ on Twitter, at Sportsology. Follow the uh, podcast, at Stick to Hockey Pod. We'll be back next time for the Stick to Hockey Podcast, episode 28. Enjoy your hockey offseason, everybody.